Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. We're on this podcast. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about concussions and the connection between concussions and headaches or migraines. So first off is uh, what is a concussion? We'll get into like imaging and sort of the acute management of a concussion. Uh, we'll talk about um, how to how to evaluate and then the, the proper care that's involved after a concussion so that you don't have these prolonged symptoms uh, or what's called these uh, post-concussive symptoms. And then um, we'll connect it to those of you that have that have had concussions in the past and are now dealing with things like dizziness, nausea, uh, headaches, migraine symptoms, uh, all these things that are sensitivities to lights and sounds, these, these symptoms that, that feel like they're connected to your concussion and they've just never really gone away. So we're going to talk about the systems involved and what changes within our brain uh, when we go through something like a concussion and then the proper way to rehab that. Uh, and of course, this is all for the purpose of you guys getting to the end of this podcast and feeling like, okay, we have some information and, and I have something to do with that. Uh, I can I can take action on it and uh, feel empowered to make some change. Having a concussion and having a prolonged headache or uh, symptoms that are connected to a concussion, it can be really debilitating. I mean, it can in- impact... Uh, your career, it can in- impact your social life. Uh, it-, it can impact your sport. If you have a, if you're a parent and you have a kiddo that has sustained a concussion, maybe you're thinking, okay, what's what's the long term impact of this, or what can I do right now to help my child uh, who maybe is in a high risk sport? Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe they play football, women's soccer, uh, these, these sports that we see a higher prevalence of concussions, maybe as a parent, you should, uh, be listening to this podcast so that you're more equipped to know what the rehab process should look like. Well, first off, um, you got to understand that when it comes to in the athletic world and, uh, when they look at the different sports and the prevalence of, uh, concussions within each sport, it's interesting because women's soccer actually uh, ranks amongst the highest of sports that uh, will have the highest prevalence of concussion-type injuries. And then, of course, football, um, men's soccer, other, and then other contact sports. I mean, it, the what's interesting is actually like horseback riding, uh, equestrian sports, I, th- I think per person have the highest uh, highest number of concussions in the sport. I mean, you fall off the horse, you you hit your head. In Colorado, we actually see it. It's not too uncommon for people to come to us and say that they uh, they had previously fallen off a horse, have a concussion, have a neck injury, something like that. Uh, so, a sport sports. Uh, when you think of a motor vehicle accident, um, it's also interesting to note that concussions don't have to come from just head trauma. Uh, concussion is an altering of, uh, uh, of the, the functioning of, of the brain itself, uh, as a result of trauma, but it's not, doesn't have to result from a direct blow to the head itself. It can be, uh, a force applied to the body that then impacts the head. And so, uh, someone that might have, um, a fall, uh, or some sort of traumatic accident that impacts the rest of the body and the neck, it could be enough to cause a concussion, even though they may not have directly hit their head. Okay. And so 
whatever scenario it is, whether you had a car accident, whether you're a kid playing a sport, uh, or whether you fall off the horse, it's important to know that <clears throat> a concussion, It's we're still trying to figure out what actually is happening when someone undergoes a concussion. Um, what we have right now is just we, we can understand what is happening with your brain based off of symptoms. And so the symptoms that you present with give us insight into what your brain is needing for recovery and, and what the, the level of trauma that it's sustained. Uh, you might assume that imaging is important with a concussion, but um, to be honest, uh, imaging, whether it's an X-ray, MRI, CT scan, it, it isn't really going to show much. There's not much that's going to be helpful as far as imaging goes in the acute management of uh, someone that has a headache or a migraine. When I say acute management, that's like you you get hit, you get in a car accident, you sustain this concussion, and then you're and then you're you're going to uh, you're going through the healthcare process. Maybe you're uh, maybe it's the emergency room, maybe it's just with the athletic trainer on the side of the field uh, or your PT, primary care doc. Uh, ordering imaging isn't nece- isn't necessary in most cases after concussion. We can use your symptoms to understand uh, the severity of head trauma, and then we can go from there. So how do we evaluate a concussion? Well, it, like I said, it, tr- it is based on symptoms. So there might be a sensitivity to light. There might be, um, if it's a severe concussion, you could, you could see vomiting that occurs, um, loss of consciousness, uh, fatigue, brain fog, uh, it, someone going in and out of consciousness, confusion, uh, confusing their words, not knowing where they are, amnesia, forgetting what happened. Uh, headache can be a part of that, neck pain. Uh, and so when someone sustains an injury, there's a few things we want to look at. First is uh, what what is the situation with their neck? Um, have they sustained any sort of fracture? Is there any sort of uh, damage or trauma um, that would have compromised their neck? Uh, and then we want to understand what's happening with the brain itself. And that's where the the loss of consciousness, uh, amnesia, or you know, forgetting what happened, um, their alertness to time and space, meaning uh, are they able to tell you uh, where they are, how they got there, uh, the, the month that it is, the date, um, you know, who their parents are, like those types of easy questions they should be able to rattle off to you. But if they can't, that tells us um, that, that this could have been a little bit more of a, a severe, at least mild to moderate type of concussion. Um, and then of course you get into the extremes where there's vomiting. Um, someone, someone has lost consciousness for a a while. Maybe they're, um, they're having a hard time staying awake. Uh, those would be signs of a more serious, like this needs to be, um, looked at as maybe an emergency situation. But for most people, uh, you you sustain a concussion and maybe you lose consciousness for a little bit, or you say, okay, I got my bell rung and you just kind of feel off. But historically, you know, the, the athlete has just gone back onto the field or, uh, we've gone back to living our life and we, we don't necessarily take that as seriously as potentially we should. And so depending on the severity of your symptoms, not necessarily on anything imaging shows us, the symptoms give us insight into what, uh, your, what you're needing in order to recover within the first 24 to 48 hours. Uh, we used to think you go into a dark room and you shut off all the lights and you and you eliminate any uh, sort of stimulus or input. And we also used to think that you we would need to wake up uh, the person with the concussion every two to three hours uh, so they didn't sleep for too long. Uh, 
Now, if uh, if we're worried about someone sleeping for too long, that uh, nowadays that would mean okay, this is a this is a severe severe concussion, and you probably shouldn't even be at home. Okay, so it's not as if just a mild concussion. We we don't have to apply the the no sleep policy. Uh, as far as concussions are concerned, the 24 to 48 hours after concussion, you can reduce uh, the amount of light or screen time, um, and then maybe the activity level. So, if you're if you're a student and you know you're going to school from eight to to three or whatever it is, uh, maybe maybe you take a day off or maybe you reduce your exposure. Like you go later and earlier, uh, see how you do with different classes for the first 24 to 48 hours. And definitely, if you sustain a concussion for the first 24 to 48 hours, at least, we're not going to put you back into uh, whatever sporting event to, to risk uh, a second injury. And so that that 24 to 48 hours is just sort of like, you don't have to nap, you don't have to intentionally go lay down and sleep. We want you in your normal sleep cycle or rhythm, uh, but <clears throat> we do want to maybe reduce the amount of like stimulus that your brain has to deal with uh, because it's trying to recover from this traumatic event. Um, there's a change at the cellular level with uh, different neurotransmitters and uh, calcium entering the cell. Uh, and, and so the brain, the cells kind of go into this uh, this sluggish state. And so because they're sluggish, uh, we don't want to overwhelm them with too much input, too much stimulus. And so finding the 20, first 24 to 48 hours uh, of reducing those inputs can be helpful. Uh, after that, we we then have to evaluate each, you know, obviously each athlete's or each individual that sustained the concussion will be looked at based on their symptoms and if it's return to play, return to work, return to whatever the scenario is. There's a few systems that we want to look at and evaluate. So there, the first is the vestibular system. The vestibular system is our inner ear. That's the part of our, <clears throat> the part of our head, uh, it's an organ that, it gives us information in regards to uh, where we're moving in relationship to to space. So these this organ has these three canals uh, that have fluid in them, and every time we turn our head, go up and down, forward and backwards, it, it it provides our brain with that information of this is how head the fast this is how fast the head is moving in this direction. So our eyes can accommodate, our neck can accommodate that sort of thing. So our vestibular system. When, when we sustain a head injury, uh, is impacted. The second system is the ocular system. So this is vision. These are our eyes. So our, our visual system is impacted in that um, our eyes should be coordinated in how they, how they function, how you track an object that moves from left to right, right to left, uh, how you track an object as it approaches your face, uh, and then jumping from one object to the other. Okay, so there's there's different names for those types of movements, and each of those movements um, should function and coordinate well. But if the brain has been um, impacted by a concussion or a, a some some sort of head trauma has impacted the brain, uh, that could throw off our visual system. And then the third system is our uh, is our cervical system or our neck. So our neck is obviously responsible for for holding up our head and then for providing us with movement. So turning our head left and right, up and down, side to side. Uh, it's also uh, tasked with providing stability um, to the head. And so stability meaning when you're resting with a certain posture, is your head in a neutral position or is it tipped to the side? 
Uh, is your head forward? Is it is it in a good neutral position? And uh, the stability of your neck will impact your posture. And so stability, mobility, after you sustain a, a head injury, since your head is connected to your neck, there's there's typically a level of stress placed on your neck. And so that trauma is impacting your neck. And so we have to understand, um, does the impact on the neck change the way you function? Is it changing what's called your, your proprioceptive input or, or your neck and the muscles that control your neck? Your brain knows if those muscles are contracted and relaxes. And so your brain picks up this information as far as, uh, okay, all these different muscle groups are, um, are telling me that the head is in this position. So the brain gets that information from the muscles. If that system's off, if your neck is in a protective state where everything's just angry and firing and there's tension there. And so the neck is another component of this. So we have the vestibular, the ocular, and then the cervical. Okay. These three systems need to be looked at. Now as physical therapists or as athletic trainers or providers of any type, uh, we have ways of, of fleshing out which system is the primary problem, okay? And uh, as far as what we do here at Novera Headache Center, it's the orthopedic side, which means we want to look at the neck in regards to how it functions, the mechanical side of the neck. We want to restore normal function so that when you turn your head, look up and down side to side, and when you're in a resting position, the neck isn't impacting any of those inputs to the brain. Okay, because if any one of those symptoms, uh, sorry, if any one of those systems is off, vestibular, ocular, cervical, your brain is going to continue to be in this state of headache, dizziness, sensitivity to lights and sounds, these things that people with headaches and migraines deal with. Okay, now <clears throat> just a little tangent here if you have a history of concussions, um, from, you know, whether it's like a concussion to multiple concussions, even if those symptoms, um, seemingly went away, you know, shortly after the concussion, I would still want to connect that or evaluate that in relation to your, uh, your current situation. So say you currently have headaches or migraines and you've been dealing with them for years or decades and they come and go. Well, even though it may present differently than the concussion you had when you were a kid or when you were in college or whenever it was, um, likely one of those systems or all three of those systems were taxed or there was stress placed through them enough during that concussion and maybe they didn't recover fully, okay? And so what's happening is you're going through life kind of compensating and that compensation leads to uh, sort of inefficiencies in how you function and it builds up stress level, like the tension that you carry, uh, the systems in the brain are, are stressed. And so it, it crosses this threshold and it impacts other systems. And, and at some point you just start having headaches, you start having light sensitivity, you start having nausea. And so just because there's not this direct connection between concussion symptoms and then the symptoms persisting doesn't mean we shouldn't take that into um, consideration. Hey guys, I have some exciting news. Novera Headache Center is growing and we're opening up a second location in Parker, Colorado to service the Castle Rock, Parker, and South Denver locations. If you're listening to this ad, 
It means it's February or March, and we are starting to see new patients right now. What I want you to do is call 719-598-1010 or visit the website, NoveraHeadacheCenter.com, and the first 10 people that book an evaluation get a special promotion. If this is you, if you can easily get to or live in this area and have been listening to this podcast and just don't really want to make the trip down here to Colorado Springs, you are the person we're looking to get started with as we continue to grow on this mission of helping everyone feel empowered and educated so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. We'll see you soon. So the long-term impact of concussions on uh, the the head, the neck, the vestibular system, the ocular system. So let's first start it off with the vestibular system. Okay, so if someone's dizzy, if they feel off balance, if um, they're walking and just like, or they're sitting still, they're standing still, and and everything's just sort of moving, like it's just off. Um, that that is potentially your vestibular system. So your vestibular system, um, whether it's centrally, meaning the, the nerve or the brain getting input from uh, this vestibular organ, or if it's peripheral, meaning the, the organ itself, meaning outside the brain, the organ itself has a problem. So there's two different things here. There's central and then there's peripheral. So central could present um, as one side having what's called a hypofunction. So it doesn't function as well as the other side and you feel off and dizzy. Okay. That's different than having what's what would be known as like a BPPV. And that's where the little crystals inside your inner ear, uh, inside the vestibular vestibular organ, uh, disrupt that flow of fluid. And if you're super lost, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I'll, I'll take a step back here and explain. So the vestibular organ, like I said earlier, it has three of these little canals or tubes with fluid in them. And there's these little hair-like structures with uh, these these otoconia or these crystals on the end, and it responds to the flow of fluid. Now, if one of those little crystals becomes dislodged and finds its way in a different part of the canal, it'll disrupt the flow of fluid, and it causes uh, enough of an impact that you feel dizzy, especially when you have a quick head turn or when gravity shifts the crystal to another position. So you'll notice that that's called BPPV. You'll notice that typically when you turn, when you roll over in the morning and you'll get about a 30 to 60 seconds of intense dizziness. Now that's different than like just the prolonged dizziness throughout the day. Um, oftentimes those prolonged dizzinesses, the, the prolonged dizziness throughout the day, I'm going to connect more to the cervical spine and we'll talk about that in a little bit. <clears throat> but the vestibular system, your brain picking up the input from the vestibular organ or even BPPV, those can all be results of a concussion. So your head undergoes this trauma, it can disrupt that system. Uh, the second system, the ocular system, so vision, all right? So your brain, uh, it's kind of, it, it's got to recover. It's sensitive to these inputs. Maybe your visual system is impacted by this. So there's something called the vestibular ocular reflex. And what that refers to is your ear, uh, your vestibular system, and your eyes connecting and then sending that information to your brain, your brain interpreting what's happening in order to allow um, your head to move and your eyes to be able to fix on an object. Uh, in order to see things clearly while we still have head movements, our, our brain is truly amazing. And these, and these reflexes 
um, that that God has um, designed us with, it, they allow us to function um, without being dizzy all the time. So uh, these these reflexes, these automatic things that our brain does for us, they're impacted. They they can be impacted after concussion. So this vestibular ocular reflex, and the reason I bring this up because I I had concussions uh, in college in high school. And uh, my vestibular ocular reflex is is off. I need to uh, work on training it. So, one way to test that is look at a look at an object, fix your eyes on it, and shake your head back and forth. Um, if the object becomes blurry, and that's, I mean, <clears throat> you're not necessarily um, like testing it yourself is probably not the most valid way to to test this. But um, in a sense, that's that's what we're looking at: is your your eyes' ability to focus on an object as as your head moves. Okay, I bring that up because it's an example of vision, of part of our vision that should be able to function well enough uh, after a concussion, and also the ability for your eyes to jump from one uh, one image to the other, back and forth with your head still. That would purely be vision, um, things like that. And so, uh, those taking your eyes, taking your your vision through tasks like that after concussion, it may need time to build back its ability to do that just like it did before. And going through programs that sort of exercise your eyes, exercise your visual system in that way can be helpful to recover uh, because you may not get there without the rehab process. So you have a concussion, your visual system's impacted, and you might just go on living your life like like I have uh, post-college, but um, my my, my visual system needs, uh, needs work. And so I need to improve that because, uh, all these systems will impact each other. Okay. And then the cervical system. Okay. So the, the neck, so the neck's going to be impacted of course, by the trauma there's, uh, there's changes in mechanics. So, uh, the upper part of the neck is very mobile and with mobility, uh, oftentimes there's less stability. So when our neck's trying to hold up this 10 to 12 pound head and it gets thrown one direction, the, the next sustains trauma. And so, um, I mean, if there's no apparent, like, you know, fracture to the neck or things like that, if your neck seems fine, it uh, like, you know, at the onset of the injury, that doesn't mean like long-term there's no co- consideration for the neck. So the neck could have, um, a lot of tension. You could have been, you could have actually been tight prior to the injury. And then you just sort of carry, you amplify that after the concussion, and then you start having headaches or dizziness and those headaches and dizziness can actually just come straight from the neck. And so the, the upper part of the neck becomes tight. It refers pain into the head. It refers pain behind the eye. Uh, or you just feel like you're off all the time. You just feel dizzy. Like you, you can't find your, your center of gravity. Everything in the room is, is moving just slightly, not enough, uh, to cause you like intense nausea or not enough to, to feel like you can't walk or function. But it's just there. It's just this low-grade dizziness throughout the day. That could very well be the neck. The brain relies on the neck to tell us where the head is and the neck is in relationship to space around us. And if the neck is just tight and angry, uh, that that information is sort of faulty in a sense, and the brain um, tells us that we're dizzy. Okay? So long-term, if we don't correct uh, the visual system, if we don't correct the vestibular system, if we don't correct the neck... Um, a couple things can happen. One, the symptoms of a concussion can just persist. And so we need to teach the body how to accommodate 
to um, to life again. So meaning we need to rehab the visual system, the vestibular system, and the neck. We need to teach them how to be resilient. We need to teach them how to do their job again, okay? So those are things we want to look for in your health history as far as concussions, and then we want to understand, like, are these systems working as effectively as they can? Now, if you have a vision issue, if you very clearly um, need work on the visual system, we have providers that hold that like that's all they do is they restore people's um, vision vision as far as uh, the eye's ability to move, track objects, jump from side to side, that sort of thing. And so there's there's things we can do that we can provide, but if it's uh, to a point where we need to refer to another provider, that's what we'll do. And then also with the vestibular system, um, accommodating to the vestibular system or increasing the the vestibular system's ability to you know just function well um, throughout the day. Uh, so say if it's the brain portion of it, it's if it's a central portion of the vestibular system, um, that's going to be more like balance activities and taking you through a specific um, balance program like making sure you we train your vestibular system to, to get back to what normal is. And then the cervical side of things is really, uh, that's where our MO is. That's what, that's what we would focus on is restoring function to the neck, uh, restoring mobility to the neck, making sure your neck um, is moving like it should. And now I will say that we see uh, a lot of uh, people that, we, we see a lot of people that are dizzy. We see a lot of people that have nausea. We have a lot of people that just feel off or they have brain fog or that fogginess. And uh, we see the diagnosis of um, of uh, vestibular migraine. So that that is treatable through uh, working on the neck. Uh, we've got several patients. We've got a, a, at least one patient right now that with the severe vestibular migraine case and uh, treating her neck. Um, and I mean, we're... We're not totally, we're not like ignoring the vestibular and the, on the ocular systems, but we're focusing on the neck because that has largely been overlooked. And one thing, one thing we found in our healthcare system is that the neck and restoring function of the neck is, um, there, there's just not many options out there for restoring that part of the body after concussion. And so if you've sustained multiple concussions, maybe you've gone through vision rehab, maybe you've gone through vestibular rehab, but have you found a good therapist to actually restore function to your neck? And if these symptoms, if you have headaches, if you have migraines, if you're dizzy, uh, maybe it's time we actually look at the cervical spine because it can cause uh, all these symptoms to occur. Okay. And so when it comes to concussion management, it's, uh, I mean, the, the few principles are, uh, one, we just understand that it, it is an impact on the brain. So the brain changes chemically and it needs some, like a little bit of time to, to rest in a sense. And then what we do is we, we tell the brain, we gradually will exercise the brain and the different systems, the vestibular, ocular, and then the neck, um, so that we can then get back to life as it was. So whether that's as an athlete or getting back to work or uh, whatever your life looked like, we want to get back to it. And we have to train these systems to get used to and function like they used to um, so that you're not walking around with dizziness, headaches, nausea, sensitivities to lights and sounds, things like that. So that's concussion management in a nutshell. Uh, and then our <clears throat> our side of that, uh, of I mean, outside of uh, evaluating and providing, um, being able to screen for 
and then provide some treatment for the vestibular and the ocular side of thing, the vision uh, and the dizziness side of things. Um, but we want to focus more on the neck side of things because that's where we feel like most people have been overlooked. So if you have a history of concussions and you're currently dealing with headaches and migraines, what I want you to do um, is reach out to us. And we want to help you on this journey to finding relief, finding relief uh, to getting at the source of your symptoms rather than masking it with medication. Uh, reach out to us, email us, uh, book, it, book an appointment online. We've got both virtual and in-person options. And uh, <clears throat> it's um, we're actually, this is... Yeah, this is exciting. I'm I'm kind of hesitant because um, I, I told myself I wouldn't fully announce this till February, but we are looking to open another location in Parker, Colorado. So if you're a listener to this and you're in the Denver, South Denver, Castle Rock, Parker area, um, look us up, book an appointment for March. That's going to begin in March. And uh, we're, we're expanding in Colorado. But again, if you're out of state, Um, We have options for everyone, and we also have the SAM device uh, that we can get into your hands. Hey, guys, I I appreciate you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. Please uh, subscribe, share it with a friend, give us a five-star review as that helps us grow. As always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. I'll see you next time. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.